I know self-publishing is not for everyone. Nothing is. But if you've considered self-publishing for even a minute, listen up, because I'm betting I know what's holding you back from exploring it further or getting started. Number one, you think the self-publishing process is a lot harder than it actually is. And number two, you're understandably afraid of doing it, air quote, wrong. So I've created a new free resource for you. It's called the Self-Publishing Starter Kit, and you can get instant access to it by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101. In this free training, you'll discover the exact four steps to focus on and mistakes to avoid so you can publish an incredible book that's indistinguishable in quality from a New York Times bestseller without overthinking, overguessing, or overspending in areas that won't make a difference. Again, visit publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101 to get instant access. Welcome to the Write the Damn Book Already podcast. My name is Elizabeth Lyons. I'm a five-time author, and I teach people how to write and publish powerful, thought-provoking nonfiction and memoir without overthinking or getting caught up in extreme overwhelm. Because your story and message matter, and it's about to become someone's very favorite resource. For more book writing, publishing, and how the heck do I move through this glitch tips and solutions, and plenty of free resources, visit publishaprofitablebook.com. Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to the next episode of Write the Damn Book Already. All right, this is going to be a good one because in the last couple of weeks, I have talked to a lot of people, most of them clients, but I've also gotten messages on, or replies, I should say, on Instagram posts with people saying, like, I'm stuck. What do I do when I'm stuck? The words won't come, et cetera. And so I have solutions for you, five of my very favorite solutions for when this happens, because it happens to all of us. So if at any point in time you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the only one, or real writers don't have this problem, move that thought right out of your head. After writing six books, I I feel okay considering myself to be a, air quote, real writer, and I have this problem all the time. So while there's not necessarily a magic bullet out of it, I'm going to give you five of my best tips for getting yourself out of writer's block. And as you probably know about me, I don't really believe in writer's block. I believe writer's block is a thing. It's a feeling. It's the name we give to a feeling that shows up when we're not really sure exactly what we want to say, or we're not feeling super confident that we, air quotes again, should say it. It's also a feeling that we can lean back on a lot. And frankly, we can lean back on it a lot just to ourselves. So even though sometimes people will say to us, how's the writing coming? And we'll say, well, I have have really bad writer's block lately. More often than not, we just say it to ourselves. Well, I haven't written in five days because I'm battling my current episode of writer's block. And somehow, some way, in most cases, it makes us feel perfectly justified. Like, this too shall pass. And by the way, it will. It's only a problem 
when we say, this too shall pass, and then it's been like 26 months and it hasn't yet passed. So that's when some of these tips, I mean, hopefully you'll use them before 26 months have passed, but can come in really handy. Before I dive into those, I want to let you know, and this is really only going to be applicable for people who listen to this episode pretty much right when it comes out, that two of my programs, Publish a Profitable Book and Book Writing Made Simple, are both having a price increase at the end of this week. So we're in the week of January 30th of 2023. And at the end of this week, so I believe that's February 3rd, the price of Publish a Profitable Book, that is my step-by-step program to show you exactly how to self-publish like a pro. It's the exact process I've used over the last 18 years and of course continue to fine tune, which you get all of those updates and upgrades as they show up to publish my own books as well as all of my FinPhyllis Press authors' books. It will allow you to, without overwhelm and without overthinking, publish a book that is indistinguishable in quality from any bestseller that you would purchase at your favorite bookstore. My other program, Book Writing Made Simple, is going to be going up to $2,500. It is a year-long program that gives you online access to all of the tactical tips and trainings for writing nonfiction or memoir. And we also have once a month coaching where you can come and be coached or guided by me. I answer all your questions. I help you get unstuck. We work through all the things. We do a lot of brainstorming. It's amazing. And we also have every month a week-long book writing, co-writing sprint. So we all join together in a Zoom room for a week. Not for a week, sorry. For an, <laughs> That would be... That might be fun. It's for one hour each day, five days for those five days of the week, Monday through Friday. We turn off our mics, we turn off our video cameras, and we just write for an hour. It's an incredible level of accountability that is helping many of my authors generate upwards of 10 to 12,000 words in that week. So that's a great new aspect of the Book Writing Made Simple program. Both of those programs' prices are going up to what I just mentioned later in the week. So if you've been on the fence, if you've been considering either one, I encourage you to hop in. And if you've never heard of them before and you're thinking, that sounds interesting, you can find out all about them in the show notes or over at publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash work hyphen with hyphen Elizabeth. There is a work with me button right front and center on the homepage of publishaprofitablebook.com that will take you right there. All right, now let's jump in to my five tips for getting past writer's block or those days when you sit down to write and absolutely zero words come to mind. Strategy number one, move. So whether you take a walk, whether you work out, if you're into that sort of thing, whether you do some light stretching, meditate, clean. I realize meditating isn't technically moving, but the bottom line is get out of your head. It's been shown that your head can't think, not your head, your brain can't think two, this is why I'm not a scientist, can't think two thoughts at the same time. So if you are sitting at your desk thinking, what should I write? What should I write? What should I write? That's all you're going to think. It's no great secret that so many people get great ideas for products, for services, for content, for writing, for what they want to buy their best friend for the holidays, 
while they're driving, while they're walking, while they're in the shower. It's usually not the most convenient time because then you're like, oh my God, I'll remember this. And you don't remember it, which is why I recommend always having your phone with a voice recorder or people keep note cards or a notebook in the front seat of their car so that at a red light, they can, sometimes they're writing it without looking at it, which is interesting later to try to decipher. But the bottom line is just get moving. Even pacing around your house or walking upstairs, go, go do laundry, anything, and stop thinking about the book. Many times just changing the energy around you and in your body by moving your body, I mean, it does a lot of really good things, but one of the things that it often does is you'll get an idea and you'll get an idea from a weird place. So if you're walking, you might get an idea because you'll see a plant and it'll make you think about something. I know it sounds strange, but it's happened to me so many times. Or if you're driving, maybe you'll see a billboard or you'll see a bumper sticker or a license plate or a song will come on the radio, something like that, that will make you think, oh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden it all starts. And then of course you're pulling a U-turn and racing home safely, of course, to sit down in front of the laptop because now you've got an idea. So tip number one, move. Tip number two, Listen to other content or, and I cannot believe I'm recommending this, but scroll Instagram. (laughs) So I find that this works better for me with Instagram than any other social media platform. That may not be true for you. And so whatever works for you, works for you. I find other social media platforms are places I, I, if I go there at all and I try very hard not to, it's just to like, I zone out completely. Instagram is a little different for me. And it's possibly because I did something right and the algorithm is curating my content properly. But I get a lot of inspirational quotes. I get a lot of thought-provoking posts in my feed. So many times just scrolling through my feed or listening to other content, listening to a podcast, listening to an audiobook, listening to the radio, if you listen to NPR or something of that nature, somebody will say something or you'll see something if you're scrolling that will trigger you. It will trigger you to think, oh, and maybe it's not what you were planning on writing about that particular day, but it's something in your outline. It's something that you can, it's a different way of thinking about something. Or maybe somebody says something that you wildly disagree with. And so you go, oh, wait, they're saying that in this space? No, 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 no. Like I, not to say they're wrong, but just to say I have a completely different perspective. I'm going to go write about that today. So sometimes when we're doing, this is like tip 2A, this isn't even on the tip sheet. Don't force yourself to remain committed to the topic that you sat down committed to write to. Sometimes it's just not meant to happen on that particular day. And so I'm a big proponent of flow, not force, especially when it comes to writing And whenever we are forcing content, I mean, it feels terrible and ultimately it reads terribly as well. Now, to be clear, first drafts almost always read terribly for everyone, truly everyone. Nobody sits down and just like whips out a beautiful first draft. Nobody sits down and just whips out an incredible first draft. But if it feels really forced, I mean, that's just no fun. Nobody wants to do that. So go where it feels good, where you feel excited because you know you have something to say. And maybe, yes, maybe you're wondering if anybody's going to care and if it's going to make sense and all of that, but you feel, trust the pull that you feel, trust that excitement and that kind of like, oh, I want to talk about this, that we, that we get when we get it. So if you're moving, 
and or you're driving or you're reading content or you're scrolling through Instagram or you're listening to a podcast or to an audiobook and something comes up that makes you feel excited, but it's not exactly what you were planning to write about that day, that's okay. Switch it up. Switch topics. All right. Tip number three, read. I cannot tell you the number of, every, I read almost every single morning. I read all different things. I nonfiction, fiction, poetry, like you, you name it. I'm not reading manga yet, and I don't really read a lot of historical fiction, but beyond that, I, I'll read just about anything. It doesn't matter the genre I'm reading. I swear I get a content idea every time. It might be for a post. It might be for an email. It might be for a reel or for going live or for, I don't know. But it comes, sometimes it's something to add into a course I've already got every single time. Maybe it's the way somebody says something or the way somebody does something. I I don't even know. So if you're an avid reader or if you like to read at all, pick up a book. If you're writing nonfiction, pick up a book that's maybe slightly similar to what you're writing. Another author who speaks on the same topic, if you have one of those books at home or download one off Kindle or go to the library or something. And it's never about, I shouldn't even have to say this, it's never about copying anything. There are a million reasons why we shouldn't do that. That author's already put their mark into the world. We need you to put yours in. So it's not about needing to conform to what anybody else thinks. But sometimes just seeing how another author has structured their content, how they're saying what they're saying, or again, getting to a point where you can say, I don't really agree with that. Or maybe it's not, I don't agree. Maybe it's, I think there's another way. I have an additional insight. I have an additional tip. I have an additional perspective that I want to give the reader that really is like piggybacking to what that person has already said because that person doesn't have your experience and your insight. So maybe this isn't something that they could speak to, but it's something that you can. So sit down and read 15, 20 minutes. You might be surprised by what comes out of that. Tip number four, this is not mine. This actually came to me initially from a client of mine Alexandra Hill, who is an empty nest coach for moms, she said on a call recently that she never, or she tries not to end her writing, like end the chapter, and then she's done writing for the day because then it feels finished. And it's kind of like, where do I start next? So she tries to get into the meat of it and then leave a little tidbit. And I found it so interesting because when I was reading Linda Sievertson's book, Beautiful Writers, the other day, she has a clip in there, a a quote from Martha Beck, who said the exact same thing, that if it feels finished, she's likely to, for six or seven days, think, well, it's finished. There's nothing to get back to. But if she leaves the work half done, you know, if she leaves her thoughts only half expressed and she knows where she's going to go with it next, then she knows what she's going to sit down and write about next. So I sent that to Allie and I said, oh my gosh, you're just like Martha Beck. And of course she had no idea that Martha Beck had said that or did that or anything, but that's a strategy that apparently at least two people use and it can work really well. If you know where you're going with something, leave off. It makes me think about sitcoms that should have ended a season before they did, but they just, they eked out another season and then you're, you you know, it's kind of slow going through it. Whereas if they leave it on a high note or, or think of it like the cliffhanger at the end of a season and you're like, oh my God, I, I, I can't wait another six to 12 months to find out how this plays out. 
you come back six or 12 months later, not with your book, but with the sitcom, so excited, like, wow, what's going to happen? Or, you know, maybe it's the pre-holiday thing where everything goes on hiatus for six weeks. And those six weeks are just borderline painful because then I remember this year when that happened with only murders in the building. And one of my sons and I were just a little bit nuts. Like every time we heard it's coming back, we were so excited because we needed to know They left it on a cliffhanger. So leave your work on a little bit of an air quote cliffhanger and it'll feel exciting and you'll keep the momentum going when you come back. Okay, tip five. I said I was going to give you five tips. I'm actually going to give you six. Tip five is consider this. If you're writing nonfiction, this does not work as well for memoir and certainly not for fiction. But if you're writing nonfiction, what are other people getting, and I'm going to put the air quotes on this again, wrong about this topic? Now, again, it's not about saying you're right and they're wrong or they're right and you're wrong because if somebody has to be right, somebody has to be wrong. And that typically gets people into a space of, oh God, I don't want to be the one who's wrong. But what are people missing? What are other experts or other people, if you don't want to consider yourself an expert, if that feels uncomfortable, what are other people who are writing about this exact same topic? What have they missed? What's an insight or a perspective or a thought or a tip that they haven't talked about? Or if they are talking about it, what's something that they're leaving out, not on purpose necessarily, but because that's not part of their experience, but it's something you can speak to. What do you disagree with? You can even go that far if you're comfortable. What are other people saying in the space, whether it's nutrition or life skills or parenting teenagers? What are people saying that you should do or suggesting that you shouldn't do? And you disagree. You respectfully disagree. Give that some thought, perhaps while you're on your walk. And the final tip, tip number six, is probably my favorite one. I talked about this one last week in an Instagram reel. And it's having a mock interview. So take your topic at the uppermost level and pretend that you are being interviewed by, I don't know, pick somebody that would you'd be so excited to be interviewed by. For me, in the Instagram reel, it was Jimmy Fallon. So pick somebody, maybe it's Ellen, maybe it's Oprah, maybe it's Jimmy, maybe it's Ryan Reynolds, maybe it's Drew Barrymore, maybe it's the Dalai Lama, like I don't know. Pick somebody who you would be really excited to be interviewed by and imagine, close your eyes and imagine what questions they would ask you about this topic. Just at the highest level, perhaps you're working on a specific aspect of your outline, a specific topic. What would they ask you about that and how would you answer? And then what would they ask you from there? And how would you answer? Because all of that content and what I, what I do, and this may sound crazy, and it may be crazy, but let me live, is I take my voice recorder and I record my answers and then I transcribe them. Or I do it with Microsoft Word dictation turned on and I'll just sit here and close my eyes and pretend I'm being asked the question and I will go on and on and on. I don't have sound bites the way that I would need to if I were actually on Jimmy Fallon, but you can take that later and hone it way down. The bottom line is you're probably going to get passionate about what you're saying and that energy is going to come through in your words and it's going to be a great launching off point for the rest of your writing on that particular topic. So if, you're, if you just don't even know where to start when it comes to a topic, it's a great way to do it. 
If you feel semi-ridiculous, like interviewing yourself, get a friend to do it. So have a friend come over, turn on your voice recorder, turn on Microsoft Word with dictation on, and ask them to ask, just say, I'm about to write a, a chapter on fill in the blank. What would you ask me about that? And let them ask you. And then you answer and let them ask you some follow-up questions. Because it, especially if they are an ideal reader, if they're someone who would enjoy ultimately reading the book that you're writing, that's the best way to do it. Because they're going to come up with questions. And I do this for my clients all the time. They will, especially my one-on-one clients, will message me and say, okay, Elizabeth, today I'm writing about whatever. I got enough. I don't know where to start. And I'll just ask them a question and they'll just go. And then they'll message me again. And sometimes they'll send me what they've written or they'll, they'll give me a high level briefing on what they've written. And then I'll ask another question and they'll say, man, I never, I never even thought about that. Like I never realized that would even be a question. So another way to do it is when you come up with the answer to the question, consider how is your reader going to potentially try to like wiggle out of what you've said. As an example, if your directive is, listen, you need to sit down and write for 15 minutes every single day. I know that my reader is going to go, I can't do that. Like, what if you have a full-time job and you have 27 kids and you don't have any spare time between 6 a.m. and midnight? So I can address that in my writing. If you can start to think as your reader and think not only what questions would they have about this topic, but what would their objections be to my suggestions, I'd be surprised if a lot of material didn't come to you pretty quickly. And that's another reason why it is so incredibly important to know who your target reader is and who you're writing for and what kinds of questions they're going to have and what kinds of objections they're going to have. Don't forget That what you think is incredibly basic information that you assume everybody already knows, (laughs) I promise it's not basic and the vast majority of your readers don't know it. Either that or they need it repeated. Because if they had solved this problem, whatever this problem was, without getting some additional insight, they wouldn't pick up your book. They wouldn't have any questions. They wouldn't be talking about this topic at all. It it would be a non-issue because it would be solved. So if people are coming back for more information, which all of your readers are, they still have questions. They still have reasons why they're thinking, this won't work for me. This can't work for me. This hasn't ever worked for me before. So I don't know what, and and your job, so to speak, is to believe in them enough to say this, let me give you an additional suggestion. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. As I've said many times It's not your job to fix anybody. Nobody needs fixing. It's definitely not your job to save anyone. And and your reader's timeline is none of your business. But in order for you to come from a place of confident excitement with saying, I'm confident in what I'm saying. I believe in what I'm saying. I believe in the value of this. And I'm excited to say something about it because I know what the hell I want to say. That's exciting. So... Let me know which of these tips seems exciting to you and let me know when you use them, how well they work. And if you have any others that you'd like to add to the list, things that work for you, you can message me anytime. You can DM me over on Instagram. I'm Elizabeth Lyons author, or you can just email me, elizabeth at elizabethlyons.com. Again, would love to welcome you in to publish a profitable book or book writing made simple before the price increase at the end of this week. But no matter what, 
Just keep writing so that you can say, I wrote the damn book already. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, this is your friendly reminder to follow or subscribe, leave a quick review, and share it with someone you know has a great story or message, but isn't sure what to do next. Also, remember to check out publishaprofitablebook.com for book writing resources and tips, and to see all the ways we can work together to get your book out into the world. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk with you again soon.